Hello there. Welcome to Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. I'm your host, Shelley F. Knight. I'm a former nurse and clinical hypnotherapist, term podcaster and author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book and Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing. In each episode, I aim to share my clinical, spiritual, and personal experience to help you feel inspired to create your own positive changes in life. Fear not, it's not just me. Each week, I will bring on a new guest and they will share their authentic story of positive change and the tools that they used on their journey. So if you're ready to be inspired, let's go. This week on the show, we are joined by the wonderful Tracy Root. Tracy authentically shares her grief journey, which followed the death of her husband. Tracy created so many positive changes and seriously self-kicked her way forward to an amazing life for her and her children. So finally, about a year and a half after his passing, I started to, you know, grief is like a fog and it kind of, just keep going through the motions in survival mode, working, getting the kids to, you know, stay alive, taking them to daycare, taking them to school, things like that. Finally, about a year and a half after he passed away, I realized, you know, if I, if our life is going to be anything like the life I had imagined before, then I'm going to have to start changing some things. So please join us as we talk parenting, relationships, planning, growth, weight loss and more. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to present Tracy Root. Today on the show, I am joined by Tracy Root and she's a coach who helps women break out of playing small. As well as that, she helps entrepreneurs to expand their audience. So a big warm welcome to the wonderful Tracy. Thank you so much, Shelley. I'm super excited to be here. Bless you. I love the fact you help women rise. Rise, sister, rise. I'm all for that. (laughs) Definitely. So bless you. You're helping people now, but you've had such a journey yourself. So please do take us back to when your story started to really change in life. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And, you know, I love telling this story as challenging as it was to live. It really has transformed everything since. And I find that there, we all have so much in common. So um, the beginning of this entrepreneurial journey really begins way before that. My first husband and I met when we, I was 22 and he was 26 or so. And we were together for a very long time before we decided to finally, we bought a house, we got married, we were gonna start our family. And soon after our son was born, In 2006, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. And so the next four years were uh, a very kind of fuzzy time of life where I was learning how to be a mom, helping him to navigate his illness, getting him to treatments, getting him to the doctor, um, watching him go through all of that and get sicker and sicker instead of better and better, 
Um, he did have, I was also working full-time in uh, corporate America. I live here in California. So I worked in Silicon Valley in Santa Clara, which is where many of the tech companies are. And in those four years, between when he was diagnosed and when he was passed away, we not only had two kids, but all of that surgery and treatment and rising of his, uh, his illness and then the falling back of his illness when he got a little better and ultimately four years later, he passed away. So it um, is a very weird time, truthfully, because you know, the day-to-day -day activity is go to work, do your life, hope things are going to get better as we all do, right? We've all been through some pretty difficult times recently, and we're all hoping day-to-day -day that things are going to get better. But in reality, things get better and things get worse, and you never really know what's to come. So after he passed away in 2010, my kids and I uh, had to figure out what was going to happen next. I didn't have any family nearby here in California. My parents lived in Florida. For those who don't know how far away that is, that's 3,000 miles. And I didn't really have any support nearby. So finally, about a year and a half after his passing, I started to, you know, grief is like a fog. And you kind of just keep going through the motions in survival mode working, getting the kids to, you know, stay alive, taking them to daycare, taking them to school, things like that. Finally, about a year and a half after he passed away, I realized, you know, if I, if our life is going to be anything like the life I had imagined before, then I'm going to have to start changing some things because I am now the only parent that they have. And I hardly ever see them. And when I do see them, I'm exhausted and I don't really know how to do it differently with the way that we have our life structured right now. <clears throat> so I was able to find what I would consider my first step, which was looking at my personal physical health. After having two kids, many moms can relate. I had a baby weight that was four years old, but of course I wasn't really healthy before I had the first baby. So I would say that I was quite a bit overweight still really sluggish, no energy. And again, living this kind of uh, survival mode existence, working all day and, and no energy. So I decided to start with what I could see in the mirror every day, which was my personal physical health. So I went on what I thought was a diet, like many of us do. And thankfully, what I found actually was a structured program that helped me learn not only that if I changed the way I treated my body from a physical standpoint, if I ate differently, if I started being more active, if I drank more water, but if I also started to think differently about not only myself, but the things that I allow into my mind to feed my mind. And if I started to change those things, then this it turned out to not just be a diet, really it was more of a personal development program that had a nutritional component where I lost 55 pounds and went in a whole new direction from that point forward. And that's when I started coaching because everyone around me 
was asking me what I had done. They saw the physical transformation, but they also saw the emotional and, and mental transformation that I was a nicer person. I was more patient. I was able to, um, you know, let things kind of roll off my back instead of being so defensive and anxious about things all the time. So it was really um, not, again, not only a physical transformation, but a mental and emotional one across the board. Thank you so much for highlighting that because we see people trying to create these positive changes, which is great, but you need a holistic approach. You can't just sort of like, you know, eat better if you're still thinking I look like crap. You know, you need to get the balance. You need to sort of like, you know, have the emotions, you know, the physical, the intellectual, yes. the emotional, the social, the spiritual for some. All of you it. Know, yeah. And so I love what you're saying, but you just blew me away when you said I decided to start with what I could see in the mirror. And that's the key, isn't it? Like starting with yeah. yourself is often the key. Well, in so many areas, right? We're, we're in a crazy time in our, in our world history. And I think that in a lot of cases, if people really took a good look in the mirror and said, is this, like I had these two kids to, to you know, to, to grow, right? I needed to grow them from little, you know, whatever, you know, unformed humans to, to grow up, to be adults. Like that's the goal. You're not raising kids, you're raising adults. And if I wanted to be an adult that they could role that they could see as a role model, I needed to make sure that everything that I was doing, and this is the pressure of motherhood too, right? Everything you're doing has to be, you know, uh, uh, the way you want your kids to see you, but really it's more about letting them see you fail and letting them see you evolve so that they can understand that evolution is necessary and that we all can evolve. And I think that that's where I take things in with my clients as well is, you know, I definitely used to acknowledge, uh, used to label myself as a perfectionist. And now I know that there is no such thing as perfection, right? For a human. And, and the more we realize that, you know, if there's something we're afraid of starting, or changing because we don't know if we can do it right, if we can do it perfectly. So we don't start at all like that. That's just keeping us small, right? If I hadn't started down that fit, that health journey row, I mean, I've done a million diets before and lost and gained, you know, hundreds of pounds over the course of my life, probably. But if I hadn't started again, knowing that I'm going to do my best and I'm going to try and I may or may not succeed, but I'm going to try anyway. If I hadn't started, like my whole life would not be where it's at now. And I wouldn't be congruent with my own beliefs in how I raise my family so that to show them really that it's okay to make mistakes. And in fact, you can't avoid it. So what are you going to do with, with the fact that they're going to happen and how do you learn going forward from every misstep that we take in our lives I found that so refreshing when you said like you know to show our children that we fail I think that's so oh, yeah. true because I am very I say the thing about perfection I say to my kids like there's no such thing as perfection please just have a try and I love it and I'm I don't know if I'm getting it right but they're certainly listening because our little youngest daughter she's six Mm -hmm. And they have spelling tests every Friday at school. Oh, yeah. came out a few weeks ago and it's, and it's out of 10. And I was like, how, how would you get on with your spellings? And she goes, I got zero. And I'm so proud because no one else got that. Wow. And I that's was just amazing. Like, 
I think that's the lesson working. There's no such thing as perfection. And just, you know, as you say, like start with yourself. And in that moment, she goes, no one else got that score. And she felt so special. Wow. And I think that's it. It's just, you know, as long as she tries her hardest. And at six years old, foster that feeling. You can worry about the spelling later, right? Yeah. You can worry about the academic side of that, but the feeling that she, you know, whether or not the, you know, it's an accomplishment per se, the feeling of that she did something that's unique and special and that's inside her. What a gift. That's amazing. I love yeah. it. I just thought it was so cute. She came out and she was just like radiant, just saying, so I got zero and no one else did. Isn't that brilliant? And I was like, I wonder if her, did you talk to her teacher? Did her teacher like spin it that way for her at all? Or did she I, come up with I that? I doubt it in this, in, I doubt <laughs> it in our education system. <laughs> be lovely if they did. <laughs> well, I would say, I will tell you. So my kids are 12 and 14, almost 15. And my younger one, um, also never really did very well in the spelling department. And um, it's just something we always said, you know, we'll keep working on it, but you are so creative because the way that they spelled, spell the words was like, huh, that's a very interesting take on how you think that spelled based on how it sounds like it was very, it was always very creative. So I love, yeah, all of that. Raising little kids is fun because it's a very, it's a very interesting time. Yeah, I think we think we're here to teach them, but I think I've probably learned far more since becoming a mum. Oh, for sure. And that's the thing is it's all about having an open growth mindset, right? If you're familiar with Carol Dweck, who wrote about the growth mindset, I can't think of if that's the name. There's the name of the book. We'll have to wrap that up later. I, I don't remember off the top of my head exactly what it's called, but I know that's her name because the idea of a growth mindset is goes back to the the, the perfectionist issue, right? That if we recognize that we can always learn something new, that we will never get to a hundred out of a hundred in what's possible, right? And, and it is like, like you were saying, the education system, right? It's very measured and we, the kids take tests and, you know, I mean, you're in the UK, I'm in the States. It's, it's different, but at the same time, there's a lot of similarities in the measurement of did you learn this, regurgitate it back to us so that you can prove that you learned it. And like, there's some level of value there, but really it's about, did you, did you learn something? Not what did you learn, right? Yeah. Did, were you able to see the bigger picture of something? And I think that's where I, I like to, to remind my clients, my coaching clients that we're always learning like you can never get hundred percent on every test forever for the rest of your life, because like, there's always something more to learn. Whenever I take the surveys that we get in whatever, all over the internet, right? What's, you know, on the scale of one to 10, how are you at this? Right. And my answer, I, I really have a hard time ever saying 10 because I truly believe there's always room for improvement. So, you know, Anyway, yeah, there's just, there's, there's always somewhere to grow and you're right. I, I really felt like I needed to continue to grow in not only, you know, it, that, that whole period of when I went through the physical transformation to realizing how it was affecting my mind and the rest of my life. That was a huge, that was a huge time in my life. That was nine years ago this summer. And 
everything shifted from that point because I had been working in corporate for 17 years. I decided during that time that I had always kind of had these fuzzy dreams about working for myself or doing something different so that I could leave California and move to live closer to my family. My parents are in Florida. My first husband's family was in Louisiana, which is within a long day's drive distance of Florida. Um, So I figured if I moved down there with the kids, I would have family support. We would be able, they'd be able to grow up with their grandparents, their cousin, their aunts and uncles. And um, and so that became my goal, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. And so I, when I started coaching, I realized that this was something given the, the difference in the cost of living between Silicon Valley and Florida, Florida down there, um, it's a lot less expensive to live there. So I, I built up my coaching business on the side of my corporate job. And once I got to the point where I could see how that could sustain us in the Florida cost of living environment, I gave in my notice and a long notice three months and three months later, we packed up and we moved from California to Florida to go start new and new schools. And I worked for myself. I walked my kids to school every day. I got to go in and help in the classroom. Um, And I got to figure out how to work for myself, which anyone who's gone from a job to an entrepreneur knows that that's a big transition too. So that was a big, a big learning time. Now, the, the, the funny thing is, hello, I am here in California again. So I was only in Florida for eight months. Right before we left, my longtime friend that I've known since I was 17 years old, um, he and I kind of looked at each other and went, huh, you're leaving. And, and this, seemed, this is the problem. So we decided to try our, a relationship where we had been friends, like I said, for 20 years and, and in touch that whole time. It wasn't like the long lost high school friend or anything. It was someone who we were friends the whole time. And, um, and so we did a long distance relationship for about six months and decided that, you know, we're already in our forties. Why? it's not like we need to get to know each other. So we decided to get married and I moved, we, the kids and I moved back here to California and that December we got married and we've been married for over seven years now. So again, staying open to what's possible. Like if I had just left and we hadn't had that discussion, right? Like it was like the day before we left. If I had just moved to Florida and we hadn't had that discussion, I don't think any of that ever would have happened. And we'd probably still be in Florida and things would be very different, but we didn't. And, you know, you never know what life is going to bring you when you're open to the, the possibilities around you, for sure. I think that's such a great reminder. I truly do, because you've gone through a grief journey, which was sort of triggered one awakening for you and you left the corporate. You wanted to be a mum, you know, like a hands on mum. I love yep. that. And then you get that beautiful synchronicity that you sort of upheave move which is another sort of loss and change you did that mm-hmm. as well and just as that was about to end you have this other beautiful synchronicity come in yes and I just love it and what I love it I just think if you hadn't been so courageous and made those positive changes you wouldn't have had all those possibilities and I just think it's yeah. a really wonderful reminder that sometimes you just have to take that leap of faith or that little 
step outside of where you are, whether it's your grief, your job or something. Yes. Well, I think it's all related. You know, the, the grief that I went through for losing my husband and the grief that someone goes through for losing a job or a divorce or a friendship or COVID, right? The, it's all about, I summed it up the other day like this, that it's all about unmet expectations, right? We thought that life was going to be a certain way. When I married Paul, my first husband, I thought that like we had all these plans, right? As young couples do, right? And all these plans, we were having kids, we lived on a property with some acreage and, and all kinds of great things. And, and then things changed. And when we stay open to the fact that things do are still going to change, then we can see that possibility, you know, his, his, my, our life together, his life and my life together didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to. And then after he died, you know, I needed to create something new and, and as every step of the way, you don't really know how it's going to turn out, but if you hold on to, this is how it's going to be, how it should be, right? That's a big one that a lot of people say it should be like this. Should is a word, like I have a hard time even saying it in this conversation. I really have tried to eliminate it from my life because there is, to say that something should be a certain way is like saying you don't have control over how it is. And, you know, I, I hate to, to, to call it a control because I don't want people to think I'm like a control freak, but the choices that we make, make our future. and and we get to decide what those choices are. So therefore we, the, the way that we respond to the way things roll out is really what we have the control is really the only thing we have control over. If a choice that I make results in a certain way and I don't like the way it turns out, well, I made the choice. I'm gonna have to kind of let that be what it is and move on or, you know, turn a new, turn a corner and make a different choice, excuse me. So, you know, that, that unmet expectation of what it was to be, you know, last year is a great example that we all thought everything was going to be fine and then COVID hit. And then we thought that it was only going to be a few weeks, right? And that wasn't true. So that expectation was not met. And then, you know, obviously month after month after month, we had no idea what to expect. I think that's one of the most fascinating things of this last year is it was so unknown. And that's the first time I think a lot of people experienced a lot of so unknown because they had a belief of how things should be and everything just kind of stayed there. So this was, um, but so the loss of that unmet expectation of what that, what 2020 would have been, 2020 vision, right? We thought it was gonna be this great year. And when that expectation was not met, that's a kind of grief as well. And so the, the, the way that we talk about how we feel as we go through all of this process now coming into 2021 and still kind of seeing changes, but maybe not the changes we thought it was gonna be or as fast or as slow or whatever, it's all, um, it's, there's still unknowns and you have to kind of sit in the unknown and know that all you can do is make the next right choice for you.
which may not be the same right choice for someone else and, yeah. and see how it turns out yeah and it reminds me of your words earlier like you know because you're making the choices and you said that I decided to start with the person I could see in the mirror mm-hmm. and it is that I think some people are probably thinking, oh, it's hard to make choices because of the ripple effect. Like if I make that choice, you know, like to leave my job, yep. it impacts on my husband, my children, you know, my income, right. my house, my quality of life. But as you say, there are still choices. And as you say, right. if it goes wrong, make another choice. Right. But well, it sounds and- simple, doesn't it? But I don't know if it is. <laughs> well, so two things about that, right? One is... Um, you know, obviously a lot of us think through a lot of those ramifications before you make the choice. It's that's, that's part of decision-making is what's, what are the ramifications? And if you expect it to be different than it is, yes, then you just, you know, then what's the next right choice? What's the next right decision that you can make? And, you know, we don't, um, you know, cause we're not clairvoyant, right? We don't get to just know for any of it. So we just have to do our best. Yeah. yeah, I love it. My first chapter in my first book, Positive Changes, a self-kick book was called Good Choice. And it just brings it back to what you're saying, which I love. And it's just sort of like every moment you have a choice. You know, like when you wake up in the morning, I sort of wake up and do gratitude. I've got a friend that wakes up and says, what well, crap is going to be thrown at my feet today? Very different 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 (laughs) you know pulls apart different choices but they're still choices so I wake up and I'm grateful for what I have like shelter of the house my husband Mm -hmm. beside me you know the children next door she wakes up that worst case scenario but you're always making choices like do I have coffee you know do do I have gin it makes me like I got goosebumps just thinking about starting up with that kind of negative thought process and how icky it would feel yes You know, because the other thing too is don't forget that not making a choice is a choice. Yes, the inaction. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, to to decide that I'm just going to wait. Waiting is a choice. Like if you can't decide, you can't make a choice, you're making a choice because everything is a choice. Yeah. So you can choose to not act and see what happens without your intervention, or you can choose to make a positive step in the direction that you want in order to get closer to that thing that you want or that experience or that result that you want. And in coaching, that's, that's like the black and white, you know, that's how you progress in life. It's the same, right? The only way that we can move forward is to choose to take a step. Otherwise we're going to sit here and what happens it's, you know, what is it? The rolling stone gathers no moss, right? If you sit here, you're just going to gather moss, right? I'm imagining my family's outside my window right now doing some sort of yard work. I don't know what they're doing and I don't care. But I can imagine if I were sitting out there for a long period of time and the leaves that fall down from the trees and, you know, with the wind blowing and stuff, and I would just be like covered with debris. And that's not how I want to be like that itches and it doesn't it's not good it feels dirty right let's keep moving so that we can make so we get to choose how we change and how we grow as opposed to things just kind of piling on top of us I love that analogy because as you're saying it I was imagining these leaves coming down and you're just like dulling your sparkle you're not shining out are you because everything's just covering you and I was just like oh I like that I like that a lot (laughs) yeah yeah definitely yeah, absolutely. It's, 
you know, and I struggle a little bit with the feeling like I always have to be moving, right? So that's part of my learning is knowing that while my initial, my like drive is to take a step and take a step and make these choices and, and don't delay. But at the same time, the choice to, um, to be still and be aware is another choice that's different than not deciding because that awareness and that stillness is about, um, you know, maybe it's, it's about feeling your body or maybe it's about recognizing what's going on around you. It's less, it's, it's not so much like the, the lack of choice would be more like um, kind of just staying covered. And um, so even if you're still uncovered versus still in open would be the difference between that, I think. I don't know if that makes sense. It just kind of came to me. Yeah, no, I like <clears throat> it. I, I was thinking like really when you're stopping, it gives you time to reflect and have that mm -hmm. awareness and see what comes up for you. Kind of staying open on the inside as opposed to, and that's still, that's still emotion, right? That's still kind of your spirit moving forward, even if you physically are still. So for me, it's, it's remembering that it's okay to kind of relax and stay um, and, and not always be running to the next thing. But, um, but there's a difference between staying and, and allowing kind of your, your presence to be open versus, um, you know, staying and kind of not noticing what's going on around you and just, you know, binging Netflix or, you know, crawling in a cave. <laughs> no, I love it. So your tools, you started off on this health journey, this kind of process, which I loved. You was getting, you know, starting with yourself and you're looking at the mm -hmm. holistic, spiritual, intellectual, and emotional, you know, the weight and things like that. And I love the change that you've gone from this grief fog into, you know, truly stepping up for yourself your children everything that happened thereafter right so people are listening today whether it's through grief or they're stuck in corporate or they're in that money trap or they're you know they are the ones sitting there covered in leaves looking like hedgehogs um yep <laughs> what would you say they can do today that one positive change they could make today yeah i mean we've talked a lot about making choices right and the idea of you know if you don't if you're not happy where you are what would be one small step that you could take in a direction that would change that, right? When I started on my health journey, like I said, I started what I thought was just here, eat this food and you're gonna lose weight and you'll, you know, and that's the, the draw of diets, right? Eat this weight, lose this food, you'll be happy. That was backwards anyway, but you get what I mean. Um, and ultimately the happiness didn't come from losing the weight, the happiness came from being on the journey. So I would say to, to two things, specifically one is know that there's no such thing as perfect so you might as well take a step and the other thing is whatever you choose if it's in the direction if if you're choosing something that feels right then do it take make take the step make the choice and see how it feels right because with everything we do being a choice we have the power we are empowered to change our lives for the better in whatever way feels right for us. We don't have to wait to be told how. We don't have to wait to be, um, to know how it's gonna end, right? I think a lot of people are afraid to start because they don't see the end. Yeah. And so if you can just imagine just which direction is it, right? We've got 360 degrees all around us, pick a direction, 
and take a step. And so for someone who's looking for, you know, a physical, you know, they want more energy, they want some, some better health. That first step for me and my recommendations is always drink water, way more water than you think you should be drinking. Just drink it. The second thing, if you're already drinking water is gets better sleep, right? Those two things can transform your life. If your health is good, but it's your head that is not maybe feeling so great. It kind of still goes back to the same thing. Start with water and sleep, because since I started with, from a health standpoint, I know how being fully hydrated and well rested affects not only your shape, but your mental state and all of your relationships. So those two things, if you really do them well, can actually change all areas of our life. Um, so that would probably be the main, the first tip that I would give someone in just a, Hey, you have a chance to give one tip. What tip would you say? Would you give them? I'd say, I'd say two, because <laughs> I'm always trying to break the rules. <laughs> and that's your I'd choice. Drink, <laughs> I'd say drink water and get better sleep. And, you know, and ask for help would be the, the other one, right? We're not, humans are not designed to be solo, right? We are a, a tribal species, right? We are designed to live in community with other people. And we often feel like we're alone and like no one understands us. And that, you know, yes, we are unique. We have our own unique perspectives, but the, um, the benefits of connecting with other people, I think this is the beauty of the pandemic because this, the way that Zoom connected us all around the world is actually a gift. As much as people might be tired of Zoom, I could go do a whole nother hour on the benefits of the pandemic because it helped us be more connected to new people to realize that we're ultimately not alone. And if we connect with others, we're a lot more likely to succeed in whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I love, I've absolutely loved Zoom. I've had days of Zoom fatigue, but the little things I want to take from that is that I really hope that when we return to this normal, this new normal, that when we have mm -hmm. meetings back in person, we still wave at the end like we do on Zoom calls. Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. I've absolutely yeah. loved that. That's bright in my that day. Funny? Yeah, it's lit up my I'll inner child. To, you know, I have a, a space here in Santa Cruz where we host events and, and people have meetings and stuff. And I'm going to have to remember that as we get a chance to reopen, hopefully starting this summer. Um and yeah, that's because that's funny, right? Because that's something that everyone, it would uplift everyone to, to do that. And everyone will get a laugh. And we'll all be like, oh, I remember that when we were on Zoom, but I'm so glad we're here together, right? It, it reinforces the, um, the bliss that everyone will be feeling when we are all back together, I think, to add that on. Yeah, it's just like, it appeals to the inner child in me, that little, like, cute little wave. I just think, yeah, yeah. it's the little yeah. things I tell you, Tracy, the little things. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny about Zoom is it's, I, I kind of had this thought process is, you know, you and I are looking at each other face to face, straight on for half an hour, 40 minutes, however long it's been. We would never do that if we were out in person. We'd kind of be sitting sideways and and things would distract us and we'd look around and all of that. So Zoom is very intense, right? I think that's why people got Zoom fatigue. People who were new to Zoom got Zoom fatigue very early on because the hours of this was overwhelming, right? So, um, so while it's a thing, I think that people don't realize why it's a thing, Zoom fatigue. And the fact that it's about that kind of intense 
eye to eye watching each other for long periods of time, as opposed to, you know, the computer being on the screen, of course, is a factor, but I think it's more about the face-to-face, you know, flat plane to flat plane conversation that just doesn't happen in person. No, I think it has been wonderful in so many ways. So speaking of wonderful, bless you, you have a freebie for the listeners today. Anyone who's thinking, I can't make a positive change. Tracy's got something for you. So she begs to do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when the pandemic started last year, my, um, I couldn't do, I couldn't see people in person, of course, like anyone. So I started doing a lot of teaching online, a lot of webinars. And so what I have for the gift is on my website, I've had it there for a little bit. It's a recorded version of a class that I was teaching last year a lot. And it's about upgrading those habits for success. So we talked a little bit about the idea of, you know, drink water, get good sleep, things like that. But really it's, it's about the decisions that you make. And, you know, because it's recorded and it's only 30 minutes, it's a really easy way to, um, you know, get a tip, get a piece. You don't have to watch it all in one sitting. Obviously, once you download it, it's all yours. And you can, like, if you're feeling like, you know, I want to try and do something, make some change today, but I'm not really sure where to start. I just need a little uplift. I need a little, you know, boost that video can give you a boost. And there's a workbook that goes along with that. So you can kind of take some notes and, and, and let your thoughts work through. What is it that you want to change? What is it that doesn't seem to be working for you? And how can you make a choice that will take you in a new direction? So I think it's really helpful. I really, I really liked doing it. And, um, and it's a, it's a piece it gives you another little flavor of kind of how I work as well, since it was a class that I was teaching um, I still teach lots of classes and I have group group uh, group coaching programs and things like that. So it gives you a flavor of kind of how I work in case it might be of interest to people to move forward with even more. Bless you. Thank you so much. You never know pleasure. how a story is going to unfold. And when I saw like it was about a grief, like your husband died at a very young age. Mm-hmm. It was like 47, you were 41. Right. You know, I thought it was going to be a real macabre story <laughs> because you know that's the belief isn't it around grief I mean my next book is called good grief the a to z approach of modern day grief healing and it is controversial to many because it says about you know spiritual awakening a second chance at life new beginnings and things like that yes but generally we have a quite negative perception of grief and it, you know it does hurt it's a painful thing to encounter so I didn't know what to expect but you've just been so inspirational Thank you. Yay. I'm glad. You know, it's, it's interesting. I love that your book, by the way, that sounds amazing. And, and I think people think grief has to be a big, a big loss. It has to be a parent or a spouse or a child, God forbid, and all those things. Right. But really the little things that happen to us in our lives, just those are griefs. You know, my parents got divorced when I was young. The process that I had to go, I didn't recognize it back then, but the process that I had to go through when I was in fourth grade. So what is that age 10? um, You know, that's a kind of grief, right? Again, it's about, I thought my life was going to be one way and it's not. And that's, that's what grief is, right? It's, and, and grief as a word you know, I think it, it, yeah, carries that heavy weight, 
when really it's about, you know, being sad about what you thought things were going to be and how do you move through that to get to the other side? Yeah. And, and it happens to all of us. That's it's, we have a global experience about it right now. Yeah, no, I was smiling as you were speaking about it because obviously for the book, I had to try and define what is grief. And so I said that grief is the loss of anything with which we have an emotional connection. So that can be like your health, your partner, your child, your dreams, your money, anything. And I call it mini deaths because no one's actually died, but, you know, part of your life has died that you knew and trusted. And it does trigger a grief response, you know. So if you, you know, make like, this year like we're talking about if you've been made redundant you might well grieve because you Absolutely. know you love that the colleagues the income you know that identity so yeah, yeah. mini deaths and grief are everywhere yeah I 100% agree and and not only the identity and the colleagues but the what you thought things were going to be right your expectation of of how your life was gonna going to continue and then through you know through no decision of your own it changed and now what right what decision do you what choice do you make next for sure yeah I've absolutely loved it I truly have I can say because my expectation that was going to be like a grief story which is really important to share and you've gone beyond that so thank you for your inspirational share today oh yay I'm glad thank you that's wonderful Tracy it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for joining us here on the show Thank you, Shelley. It's been so wonderful to meet you. And thank you so much for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing.